The WB's first new Tuesday crossover event. A stirring saga that crosses over from Buffy the Vampire Slayer to the new series Angel. Look out! Here comes Spike! The battle begins at sunset. Let her go. And continues into daylight. What do you want, Angel? Forgiveness. A special two-hour Buffy Angel crossover event. Welcome to Buffy's Sad SpaghettiOs, also known as If the Apocalypse Comes Beat Me. This is a weekly-ish, emphasis on the ish, podcast about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where we take a look at each episode according to its original air date 20 years ago. And this week's episode, it's season four, episode three, Harsh Light of Day. We'll be talking about plot. We'll be talking about characters. We'll be talking about magical jewelry. So spoilers abound for this episode. Every episode before it, after it, comic books, and possibly even other shows or movies. And if sometimes it might feel like you're swept up in events you can't control, but I don't believe that. You always have a choice in everything you do. Except, obviously, for this podcast, which is an unending obligation. Welcome back. Hello, my name is Kelly, and I'm here with my wonderful co-host, Daniel. Say hello. Hello. Stacia, say hello. Hello. Bring it up. Got to bring it up. Really excited to talk about this week's episode, aren't you? Wow. Yes. Which was season four, episode three, Harsh Light of Day, originally aired October 19th, 1999, written by Jane Espenson, one of our faves, four of 23 for the series, last being Earshot, next will be Pangs, and directed by James A. Contner, who's also been around a little while, six of 20, his last was Choices, and the next one will be The Initiative, which... Don't, I don't remember what happens in that episode. That must be where we meet the initiative. I, I mean, so. if I, I had so, to guess. We still have not seen them. Isn't yeah, that the one where Buffy remarkable. goes down to the basement and they're like, the Slayer isn't real, and she's like, here I am, bitches. I think it's before that. I think that because, that, I think it's when we first find out Maggie Walsh is involved. It's the pre to that one. Because that one is where Maggie Walsh dies at the very end with Adam. Anyway. The bitch monster of death. <laughs> the evil bitch monster of death. Which literally no one called her ever once. No, she did. She loves it. She does love it. Uh, but what happened in this episode? Because we're not to the initiative yet. Does anybody know? I didn't watch it. Oh. Spike. Yeah, that oh, is true. In, this in a classic episode three pitfall of, of our show is when we oh. just get really excited that Spike is on the screen. It's and true. here he is. Episode three. Spike. Well, I avoided that. I, I enjoyed his presence, but I was not over confident in my ranking. Good. Yep. Neither was I. Good. But we will get to that. So... Harmony, I mean, that's the real star of the episode. Harmony is back, and we saw her get carted off at the end of graduation day, get bit by a vampire. We assumed that that was the end for her, but no, no, no. She is back in an undead, fierce, fierce menace with a boyfriend that will come to kick your butt named yes. Spike. Spike is here back in Sunnydale looking for the gem of Amara, which is like the holy grail for vampires, apparently. It's like a ring that makes vampires invulnerable. Listen to me, you stupid bint. This gem is everything. I came back to Sunnydale for it, a place which has witnessed some truly spectacular kickings of my ass. Now, when I have the gem, they all die. Don't worry. But until then, stay inside. Uh, they chose, I think, purposely to not mention the decapitation part because that was a little too confusing. We didn't want to feel that question, but it makes them not able to, like, don't catch a fire in the sun and you don't. Get a stake in the heart, and it's just generally great. Great for vampires. Uh, So he's digging. But if you get decapitated, you're done. I mean, that's what I would think. 
But like I said, we conveniently didn't mention that point. Hmm. I mean, how would you put it back together? It's like, I guess right. if you're like staked or stabbed, right? You'll mm-hmm. heal. Because like it helps you heal. But like if your head is gone, I mean, what? It can't just You just grow a new head. Well, maybe. God. Or you grow a new That's body. Oh, maybe. Probably grow a new head because it'd probably be on your hand. Yeah. Be right. wild. Oh, oh, sure. Sure, sure, sure. Yep, yep, yep. Anyway, Spike finds Gem of Amara. Uh, Buffy kicks his butt, gets the ring back. Immediately. Taunts her into her being more mad. That's right. Taking him down. Way to go, Spike, idiot. And then uh, the episode ends. Also, Buffy has, has sex with a guy named Parker who uh, immediately conveniently loses her number immediately, right after the, the act. So I guess that's it. I mean, it seemed like more happened, but really that was it. No, that was it. it but it, more, it was more than that. It was also the sex between... Anya and Xander and right. Harmony and Spike. It was the three relationships. Well, yeah. Well, that's just a scene. Const- that's just I know. A scene. I know, but they're but they're constantly interwoven. The whole right. the whole entire episode is the interweaving of all of those relationships. This episode is about the relationships between men and women and vampires and vampires and vampires and vampires, but not about ladies and ladies or men and men. Unfortunately, and Parker and the and Slayer. And She's Parker a superhero. Slayer, yeah. I mean, that's a human and a superhero. Got human and True. superhero. Oh. Demon and human. Yep. And vampire and vampire. Oh, wow. Yeah, we really wow. did it so. Yeah, we did. Wow. Yeah, no human right. on human action in this episode. Uh, yeah, Parker. Well, no, yeah, because well, Buffy was just a superhero and human. Wow. Yep. Oh, wow. Although cool, she is cool. a human. She yeah, is. I know. I know. But she is. She... And Anya's a human now, right? I know. I know. I get it, guys. Human and ex-demon. <laughs> I think it's the secret to getting you out of my mind. Putting you behind me. Behind me figuratively. I'm thinking face-to-face for the event itself. Uh, the okay. important part is that the Gem of Amara gets shipped off to Angel <laughs> via the courier Oz, Daniel. Oz I gotta go to... I'm touring. I'm touring in, in, we uh, up in LA. In LA. I'll, right. I'll just drop right. it drop it off. It's and we'll fine. talk about that briefly in a little bit. But first, some fun facts. Are they fun facts? I, I mean, they're not really firsts anymore. We used to have a lot more firsts as we get going. We Everything's old hat. So I'll just say things. Here's some things. Mm. I got a thing. Mm. Uh, the guy chained to the wall in the scene where mm-hmm. Harmony is down there with Spike who's digging and stuff. He's a recurring extra named Asian Joe. Mm. Oh. Because, of course. Not why Joe? <laughs> nope. Asian Joe. Uh, so apparently he's in the background of a lot of scenes during like Sunnydale High School scenes. Like he's a student wandering oh. around. And he actually gets a line, albeit via vo- voiceover, in... Uh, Earshot. He's the one that's like, you guys are all be sorry when I'm a Czech bajillionaire or whatever. Like, Czech? Tech. Tech bajillionaire. I don't think he'll become a Czech billionaire. He Unless he goes and... Becomes, becomes Czech Joe Czech. instead of Asian Joe. Yeah. Right. Cool. And then also, <laughs> apparently Sarah Michelle Gellar was pretty upset about uh, Buffy so quickly moving on from Angel. She didn't think that Buffy would do that, and that uh, apparently a lot of the fans agreed that they were kind of thought it was like a disservice, or like not. It didn't. Uh, it took away the importance of Buffy and Angel's relationship, and she shouldn't be able to rebound that fast, and yada yada yada. To which Joss Whedon said, "In college, you do stupid things." That was his answer to Samuel Shagler, and I guess the fans writ large. But there was actually a deleted scene that was supposed to happen during this episode um, that kind of would have made that feel a little bit better, I guess, for the fans that gave a shit. Famously, we don't care about Buffy and Angel's relationship, so it doesn't bother me at all. But during the conversation that Buffy and Willow have at the end of the episode when they're walking across the campus. Buffy and poop head. Poop head principal. There was a line where Buffy was supposed to be like, you know, part of me was thinking... um, 
this whole time with Parker was like, look at me being over Angel. Look at how not into Angel I am. Like, look at this new thing I'm doing that has nothing to do with Angel. And I think that probably would have made... And Jane Espenson, I believe, in one of the uh, extras on the season four DVDs said this about the same thing. So like, what they would have given up is basically overtly calling out Angel a hundred times instead of the three... Because there were a couple of times in this episode that were subtle. Subtle Angel mentions mm-hmm. without going overboard but instead they cut a scene good job on their part of i mean is that what the scene really is like yeah. her saying angel over and over and yes, over again correct well great i'm glad they cut that shit because honestly that was the best part about it is like yeah she's all into angel i think that's why the reaction to parker happened and judge that on whatever scale you want to but like she's not over it whatever it doesn't matter no judgments there but like they didn't mention angel over mm-hmm. and over like even the angel uh, dig from spike that was weird to hear his name. I know. It and, was, it, yeah. and, it, and it was like, oh, I'm fired up for Buffy because fuck, you can't just throw that name around anymore. <laughs> that motherfucker's after this show. He ain't on this show anymore. <laughs> I don't know. It just like gets you fired up. And so I'm I'm disappointed that they did it, but I'm glad that they got, got rid of it. And I'm not doing the deep get sympathy routine. I mean, don't you just hate guys who are all I'm dark and brooding. So give me love. I don't think I've ever met that type. Another illusion that was subtle was Buffy waking up after having sex with Parker and mm-hmm. she's wrapped in the red sheets and she thinks he's gone. Just the same exact thing exactly. that happened in uh, Innocence. Yep. Surprise but then innocence he comes back with coffee and you're like, oh, this isn't like Angel. Yeah. What a great guy. Look and at his I eyebrows. so hard when he walked in. Hey, you're up. You're here. I live here. Yeah. <laughs> and I lost it. I was, that's the funniest thing I've ever heard in my but life. The irony of that is like, that also happened with Angel. Like he did live there and did not come back. <laughs> so it was new and different for that's Buffy. True. That's true. <laughs> I also thought it was supposed to be more of like a shitty, like I live here. Uh, of course I came back here. You dummy. I mean, well, I mean, I, how do you respond to that? If you walk into your own room and the person's but, uh, like, you're back. And you're like, yeah. I like Angel's room much better. Like a jovial, like, now thinking about it because i'm sure a lot of people were mad at, at parker and you, like, you can probably depending on your own life stories put whatever into parker that you mm-hmm. want to but they purposefully don't show his face the whole time like sarah michelle geller is the focal point of every interaction between them talking like when they're on the bed we're like on her mm-hmm. as they're having a conversation and we're seeing her eyes like light up and be sad and like be confused and all of these feelings are very much her like i think us not understanding what Parker's motivation is is kind of why it's like kind of random at the end when he's just like, check out my other girl. Like I didn't really care about this Mm -hmm. at all. Like Mm -hmm. I think we just, I think it's supposed to be out of left field because we never saw Parker in any real way. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. So I wanted to talk about this a little bit later, but might as well talk about it now because it's my show and I can do whatever I want. Um, Ooh, before I forget though, Asian Joe, one last point. So I, (laughs) He's wearing like a, a dark army green, olive green shirt and some like army green almost uh, cargo pants. Right. And people are positing that this was a plant. Oh, and Harmony says he tastes funny. And people said that this is like an intentional plant setting up some initiative stuff as if they grabbed him from the initiative mm-hmm. because we know they pump them full of chemicals, which is why he might taste funny. And he's wearing like kind of almost army fatigue-ish stuff. And I'm like, well, that's <laughs> we're giving the show too much credit. I think that one's a little bit too far. I think the taste funny comment, which was like, obviously so he's we're saying old. that Asian Joe went to Sunnydale high. Well, and Harmony even makes the comment, I had a math class with him last and year. And then he just somehow got into the initiative. Like, how does it more I think people know about this? I think initiative? that's how they all get in there, right? They just grab him out of high school. Well, the recruiter, then why that's what recruiter's Riley, favorite thing. Why wouldn't Riley Forrest and co. be like, we got to get Asian Joe back? I mean, 
Maybe they did. Maybe that was off screen. Maybe when does he ever when Riley? Because I hate saying Asian Joe. Can we stop saying? Oh no, he doesn't come up back yeah. again. Yeah. So he's just dead. They probably killed him. I like to imagine that Riley and Forrest, when cuddling in bed one night, were like, "Man, do you? I miss Joe. Do you remember, remember Joe? Joe? Yeah. I miss Joe a lot. Check uh, Joe or Asian Joe? Mm, check Joe. Yeah. So the relationship thing. Now I. Uh, I'm kind of curious about this because, you know, we watched The Bachelor and stuff and there was a plot line on Bachelor in Paradise where this guy uh, was was shitty to a, a couple of girls that ended up all being on the island with him together. And the the thing that... Crazy random happens to <laughs> Right? Who could have predicted that this would happen? Um, where, like, he slept with a bunch of the girls that were on the island, right? But he wasn't actually... I mean, this is why it gets ambiguous. He wasn't necessarily in a relationship with all those girls at the time. It was just like they hooked up. And that's a thing that two consenting adults are they can totally do. Like, if you guys hook up... it's. I guess I'm curious, just your opinion. I don't know, in social whatever at large. Do you think what Parker did is shitty like particularly shitty or is it justified especially in college or whatever to be like we hooked up and that's it man like now granted he should have been more upfront about his intentions and after the fact should have been like this was great but i don't really see anything with us i feel like he kind of did but he did it in a, like a kind of a shitty way i don't know station what do you think about the parker buffy situation um i lean towards he's being shitty mostly because if it was like a one night thing where they met at a party and hooked up that night i think most people would assume there's no expectation like with Xander going on that one date with Anya right like that's kind mm. of like a juxtaposition that we get like Xander's like there's no relationship mm. we had one date but with Parker you know he, you get this meet cute he purposely comes to her dorm like he's pursuing her he brings the Ziploc bags like this isn't just you see this in this episode like this is going back and then she says we moderately insistently hung out all week yeah. and like they haven't had sex. They're just like hanging out. And it seems like maybe they haven't even kissed because you get that like moment at the door where it feels like you like missed your moment when um, Oz and Willow, come up, Willow yeah. interrupt them. Mm -hmm. And so that makes me think like it's not just that he wants to have sex and move on. It's like he's sort of developing some sort of relationship with her. Like if it's a friendship that turns into more. But like regardless, it's like you've moved past just like a casual hookup situation. And so I think, you know, at that point, it's like you need to be like, look, this isn't working for me. Like, uh, I don't think we have the right chemistry or whatever. You can't just like immediately not call her. And the thing that seems weird to me is like, if you're going to invest that much time in having sex with someone and she wants to continue to have sex with you, why would you just not? Mm. If anything, I feel like it would be more expected for Parker to be having sex with her and also sex with other women without telling her, being like, we weren't in an exclusive mm. relationship, right. not just put in so much effort. And then cut off the And hole. then cut it off immediately. Yeah. So that's the thing that I find really bizarre and yeah. unusual. I think you'd either get like a one night stand hookup situation or like a casual friends with benefits. I didn't realize that's what's happening on Buffy's side situation, which would have been more reasonable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, for him to instead just like completely stop talking to her versus being like, oh, I'm seeing I'm seeing a bunch of people like if you thought we, we were exclusive, I apologize. But yeah. Like, I mean, like if he had called her and set up another date, but then she ran across him flirting with someone and she right. was like, what is this? I thought we were dating because she's expecting it to be this intense, exclusive angel type relationship and he's like no i didn't thought i was being clear i don't want to see you exclusively i really like you but 
that doesn't work for you. That doesn't work for you. I'm sorry. But that's not what he did. He completely cut off contact. And then I was like, I thought it was being really clear, Check. Buffy. I wanted to spend two weeks with you completely every <laughs> and single day. With, and uh, then <laughs> I was going to tell you, I'll call you later. And then I'm Katie literally Luns. never Lunes. going to contact you again. Yeah. I thought it was being really clear when I said, I'll call you later. And it meant fuck off forever. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I think that's why he's being a jerk. Like, I think yeah. there's ways to set intentions and to have, like, casual relationships with people and not be a jerk. And even, honestly, if he was like, well, I thought we were just sort of casually seeing each other, I wouldn't view him as such a jerk. But that feels really manipulative and pointed to do all the work to put in to have sex with her than to immediately dump her and not be like, I don't want to mm. talk to you at all. I have to go. Yes. Yeah. Daniel, do yeah, you when he, when he switched from pre-med to history... Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, I was like, Daniel! <laughs> first, day, first day as a history major, they teach you uh, that speech right there, just about choices, right, about, right, yes. you know, and, and it's just basically to get people to sleep with you. I declared pre-med, but I hated it, so I switched to history. History? Fascinating dates and compelling places. But there's something amazing about these huge events that when you dig down into them, they're all about people. Regular people just trying to make choices. Choice is kind of a broad term. When you look back at it, it seems like people are swept up in events they couldn't control. Did, uh... But I don't believe that. You and he used to, like, you go out? You have a choice with everything you do. <laughs> yeah. So I, I saw what he was doing. I understood. <laughs> uh, I tuned in my history, Parker. Yeah. That's all we learn in history. Just that, <laughs> those... The world's big. Choices, man. Choices. Mm -hmm. You know, people, they do stuff and whatever. Uh, that's history, basically. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, no. Uh, I'm same. Feel the exact same way. It's it's bizarre that you wouldn't keep going. If you had a fun time with Buffy, why wouldn't you keep having a fun time with Buffy? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's worth being like, oh, you saw it differently. The way that he kind of like, I don't know, it's just like, wow, you're really stupid and naive. He is older than her. And maybe that's like an easy way to like walk away from it mm -hmm. all and just be like, oh, she's just a kid or whatever. But like, why wouldn't you just be like, Buffy, I had a great time. I really, I get what feel you're feeling right now. Sorry, but mm -hmm. like, I just want to be friends or keep doing this if you want to or whatever. Right. But like, it's just bizarre that they never even, that but it option didn't never like showed up. wanted to. That's what I mean. He was just like, I thought I was really clear. We were I going to. I just wanted to fuck you and that's it. <laughs> have one night together and then you were going to pretend like I don't exist. And same for me. <laughs> which which is utterly bizarre. Like I don't, you know, people have, you know, that's fine. But like, why would you not be open to the idea of sleeping with them a second time? Like until it happens the first time. So maybe. It wasn't good or he wasn't good. I will just say the two of them kissing one another, absolutely zero chemistry. <laughs> absolutely do not know how to kiss. So it's shocking to me that Buffy would even be into it because Jesus, it just seems so sad. Well, Everything seems so Buffy sad. Buffy has limited experience and maybe she was just like, this is, maybe this is just how humans kiss. I know. Maybe humans are different. And that's what made me. <laughs> he hasn't had 300 years of experience. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, that's what made me the most uncomfortable was just like, I felt for Buffy because of the angel undertones throughout the whole thing and Spike being back obviously heightens that too and like she's tried so hard to sell her hurt and her sadness um, especially when she was like talking to Parker which again was mostly from her face we didn't get a whole lot mm. of Parker thing he, it was mostly her and I just I just couldn't buy it I was just like I don't know Buffy like on one level, why are you so invested already in this? Oh, totally. So I'm kind of confused by that too. Like, I think she just got invested too fast. 
Um, and Parker, I think just left it too fast for no reason. It was like the sins of both sides should have canceled each other out. But instead Buffy was like supposed to be the crazy one. So crazy into the relationship. We hung out moderately incessantly, but we're not here together tonight. You know, I don't want to crowd him. Which I mean, as a lesbian, I get We've all been there. We've all instantly wanted to get married to the person that showed us the slightest bit of affection or attention. So I get that. that, Okay, but but I do feel like it's easy to gloss over the fact that apparently they've spent at least a week hanging out every single day, it sounds like, which is not just her being crazy. And especially because he seems to be actively pursuing her. Like, I want to take you to the party tomorrow. Like, he's the one offering And his dad died. That whole scene was so good. When I look back on it now, the scene where they talk about the dad's death and that whole thing, like... That was really nice. And even then, like they ran into each other at the bronze and Buffy's like, I don't want to see him like I'm, you know, suffocating him. And he came up to her and was like, can I walk you home? Like he's the one who's consistently initiating things. So it's not like she's being overly clingy. Every single Mm -hmm. time we see them spending time together, we see him initiating that. We've never seen her initiating it. I, I mean, what really happened was that he just kept going on about the lunchroom and she's like. I don't get it. I don't care about, <laughs> I don't right. care about your food storage mm-hmm. stuff. I, like, it's not interesting. And he's like, fuck you. I'm out. Also, I got to find Where's Katie your roommate, Lo- Kathy? Like, I was wondering maybe if I could get her number. Oh, Wait, she did Kind of like an in. She no? did now. Okay. All right, cool. Katie Lunez respects the lunchroom. <laughs> That's what, it, I mean, like, with the context of knowing that he's going to be a shitty guy who, like, doesn't call her back after they have sex, uh, everything he does, obviously, is like, put into a different light completely like it's all manipulative and shitty but before that before you know that's going to happen it he, do, he does seem legitimately interested and i can understand like maybe she got really attached that fast but he was also very much like giving her like no it's okay for you to like we're spending every fucking second together and i want to hang out with you so like this is reciprocated clearly so. well he asked about spike do you think that he didn't believe her about spike i mean about the whole interaction was super weird mm-hmm. and obviously spike them together is very funny and her laugh out loud is very very Mm -hmm. funny i laughed very hard at that but maybe he was like i mean do we think that he was impacted by that at all i was like and he was like "Mm, there's more to this story fuck this girl you know that kind of thing like i'll fuck her i'm done because i think that maybe he but i did like her before that that. i don't know yeah like when sure but if he is super shitty then he would be like oh my god buffy's been with someone else i don't want to be i can't even be around them at all (sighs) i mean i think you'd maybe have that reaction before you take them home and have sex with them. Sure. I don't know. I mean, I feel like the show tried really hard to set it up to think like, oh, this guy is completely different angel than Angel. You keep getting these like different moments like, oh, I thought you were gone. And he's like, no, why would I be? I went and got us coffee. Yeah. And I live here. I'm not broody. Okay. I have a zest for life because exactly. my grandpa died or whatever. <laughs> my dad exactly. died. Oh, his dad. His dad died. Yeah. Um, I mean, is Callous. that even true? Cal- well. Who can know? Yeah. But then... You know, she's like, he said he was going to call me. He's not calling me. He's not calling me. And then you run across him and he's telling, he's like, you know, I don't tell this story just to try to get laid. But then he's telling that story oh, yeah. clearly to get laid to oh, another yeah. girl. So it's like, clearly this is his move. Mm-hmm. That's not just, that was a genuine moment that happened between him and Buffy where they were like connecting on a human level. It was like, he was doing this because he's found that a way to do it. Yeah. It works for him to get laid. And I think at that moment, you're supposed to be like, oh, and then you see in hindsight, everything seems really manipulative. But I just find that his actions don't add up because why would you put in all that effort mm-hmm. and then just dump her immediately? Did you also notice when he's picking up, what's her, what's her name again? Katie. Katie Lunez? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he added something that Buffy said into his pickup line. 
because she said something about like I just don't put put stuff off anymore because I kind of drowned a couple of years ago, whatever. And yeah. so he said that exactly. He was yeah. like, you know, oh, just made me realize that. that like I can't put stuff off anymore. I was like, oh, you slick motherfucker. Yeah. So he's just like taking these little little snippets for his little pickup lines. Yep. Ooh, I want to know more about Parker. That's fun. <laughs> what is his whole life? I don't know. Hopefully he doesn't get knocked unconscious by Buffy when she's turned into a caveman beard demon later. Do I get to see any of your scars? <laughs> oh, oh, mine are all psychological. So the other thing that happens in this episode. <laughs> We're specific. Where would you even come up with that? that uh, so the gem of Amara, right, um, is not the first piece of magical jewelry we've had on the show. Uh, I'm okay. I'm kind of reaching a little bit here, but the the clatter ring, Angel's clatter ring. Uh, from season two that he gives to Buffy. They're like, this means that you belong to someone. Uh, but when she puts it on the ground in the factory oh. or the mansion, it brings him back from hell, right? So mm. there's clearly, uh, it, it could either be that it was Buffy and it was at the exact spot of the magical incident. Or like, it could be a lot of factors, not just the ring per se, but clearly the ring was necessary for that to happen. So it must have some kind of magical probability. I'm counting it as magical jewelry. Also, we have uh, the power symbol of Anyanka, right? De- the necklace she wears that Giles breaks in the wish dimension and it uh, removes mm. her powers and turns mm. her back into a human. That's another one. Uh, we've got the, it's just called the amulet. I would I would like to call it <laughs> the champion's amulet because then you kind of know what it is, which is the amulet that Angel gives to Buffy, like saying, I'm going to wear it. I'm going to be the champion at, in the episode shows in the very last episode of the whole show. Mm. Um, and then she gives it to Spike instead who saves the world right. by exploding, <laughs> basically <laughs> turning himself into a nuclear reactor. He's fine. He's on a spaceship. Fish got to swim, birds got to fly. And then uh, in season 10, apparently the Dawn has some kind of necklace that can tell you where a portal leads. Like you get next to it and it'll tell you, oh, that that particular portal that goes to Seems the boring. Yeah. Who Seems knows? like a boring ability. But the idea of magical jewelry is not specific to Buffy. No, and not. like superheroes do it a lot, right? Green Lantern's ring is the biggest one that it comes to my mind immediately, which is like the nondescript. It can manipulate like um, physics, like gravity and magnetic fields, and all that stuff. It also shoots like a giant fucking laser beam thing, concussive blast. So that thing's pretty rad. You got Wonder Woman's bangles, right? Which can absorb energy. So like pew pews, she blocks them with her little <laughs> little bangles. And her tiara can also absorb energy. Wow. Well, that's what she does. Pew, pew. I just, you were both doing it, so I felt like uh-huh. I, wanted, <laughs> I didn't want to be left out. Gotta cross, holding, your like, cross your arms across your chest right now yeah. listening to this. Pew, pew. Pew, pew. <laughs> Her tiara can also, tiara, tiara, whatever. Besides, I look cute in a tiara. Can also absorb energy, apparently, and she can throw it as a weapon, so. And then, I don't know, Lord of the Rings I never watched, but that's a thing. It's oh, just, wow. You, that's right. We need to watch Probably where all of that Yeah, no, it's Kelly's like, like, fuck you, the Lord of the Rings. We were talking about this. She was like, I'm going to talk about magic jewelry. Can you think of any magic jewelry? And I was like, well, the first one that comes to mind is the ring from Lord of the Rings. Like, and she was that? like, is that even magical? <laughs> I don't know. Man, you got to watch Lord of the Rings. I know. I know, I know, I know. It's so good. For someone who really likes sci-fi stuff and yeah. some fantasy stuff, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with me? We need to we need to make that happen yeah. okay. soon. Anyway. Yeah. Come on. Oh, so with that that's probably the most iconic. Yeah. You know. So, what does it do? I mean, that's a good question. It's the one ring to it's rule them all. To rule them all. The language is that of Mordor, which I will not utter here. Mordor. In the common tongue, it says one ring to rule them all. One ring to find them. One ring to bring them all. And in the darkness, find them. This is the one ring. Rule all of what? 
the world. Okay, so yeah. I didn't look this up. <laughs> One yeah, of the Rings fans are probably going to eviscerate me because <laughs> so I'm probably where someone get this is just wrong. screaming. So, from my recollection, a number of rings were forged. Yes, and they were given to the rulers of each specific kingdom. And then there was one ring to rule them all that could control all of them. And they were basically everyone had magic powers or whatever. But the right. ring is evil and it causes you to do bad things. It also makes you invisible and I think then unkillable. Maybe I don't know. Uh, but they end up having to throw it into Mount Doom because that's where it was forged and it's the only place that can melt it down. Yeah, and I it's think... a volcano, right? Yes. In the land of Mordor, in the fires of Mount Doom, the Dark Lord Sauron forged in secret a master ring to control all others. And into this ring, he poured his cruelty, his malice, and his will to dominate all life. One ring to rule them all. One by one, the free lands of Middle-earth fell to the power of the ring. But there were some who resisted. It turns out, Tolkien did not invent magical rings. Oh my god. In fact, he took his magical ring story directly from... The Bible. I-R-L. From in real life. Friends. But from friends? From friends? From friends. <laughs> oh my god. Joey, Joey's had a ring? Yes. Do you know the magical rings are found frequently in folklore throughout history, throughout time? Basically, any culture or country that wears rings as accessories or ever has has a story about some kind of magical ring. Not surprising. There are a fuck ton of them. I'm just going to do a couple. <laughs> Quickly, the ring of... Fuck, I looked up how to say this and immediately forgot. Wow, the, that's a long name. <laughs> the, the ring of Gyges. Gai, ancient Greek myth of a shepherd who finds a ring in a cave and he puts it on and it makes him invisible. <gasps> Never trust jewelry you find in a cave. Yeah. No, I mean, if he read Lord of the Rings, he'd understand. Exactly. Uh, this is during the classical antiquity era. So between the 6th and 8th century. I don't know. Is when the story mm-hmm. is, I guess. Of course. Okay. But he puts the ring on and he uses the ring to seduce King or Queen Lydia. They don't say the king's name, which is like dope. So he seduces Lydia, who happens to be the queen. And then with with the ring, I don't know what the ring plays. I don't want to get into it. Uh, and then it manages to kill the king. That makes more sense with the invisibility thing. And then becomes the king. Great, great job, Gyges. Great job. Great job for him. Uh, Ring of Solomon, which is a biblical figure, right? Um, medieval, Arabic, and Hebraic, which I didn't know that's how you conjugate the word Hebrew. Hebraic. Okay. Arabic, Hebraic, I guess. Uh, demonology. Medieval. Yeah, I don't know. I guess that's just a time period, right? I don't know why I'm doing this for time. This means time. <laughs> time period, time. Uh, they Medieval, Arabic, and Hebraic. Oh, no. Demonology have tales of rings uh, that could control jinn. And if you want to learn about jinn, you can go back to our episode with The Wish, I think, right? Was it The Wish? It might have even been before that. And the, the Talmud, which is actually a Hebrew religious text, and the Midrash, which is another one. I don't know. There's so many words about religious stuff that I don't know. Anyway, they also have a story about the, the King of Solomon, the King of the King of Solomon? The king, king Solomon. King? The Ring of King Solomon. That's what I'm trying to say. Boom. The Ring of King Solomon that had other abilities, which some of were to control animals. Or be able to speak to animals and omniscience. So you have omniscience, you can talk to animals, and you can control genies, which is pretty dope. That's all pretty cool things. So Ring of King Solomon. Boom. Nailed it. And then the Peace de Resistance. The seven known rings of the Anglo-Saxon pagans. So the, the, the rings. You guys already talked about the Lord of the Rings rings. This is this. This is real life. This is Lord of the Rings rings. Tolkien yeah. like legit said that this was his yeah. inspiration for Lord of the Rings rings. 
Well, it's like uh, J- uh, George R. R. Martin talks about, you know, wars, you know, that took place yeah. in England or whatever as the basis for what's going on. Yeah. Well, the other two things I said were fake. Those were just stories. But this is real. This is a real thing. Well, maybe they're yeah. real. So ninth, 10th century rings that uh, with runic inscriptions on them. So they're mostly mm. gold. Some of them are silver, but they've only found seven of them. Uh, mm. The two most famous ones, the Kingmore ring, which was found in 1817 by some guy fixing a fence in fucking England. Cause that's how all this shit is found. Uh, and then the fence makers, yep, fence makers. the bra Braham Moore ring found in 1736, both named after where they were found. That's why they call it. What that is anyway, the inscription on them has never been able to be translated, at least not as of yet. And this is a quote from the actual British museum where the Kingmore ring is currently housed. And then again, this is a gold ring uh, with a runic inscription around it. If you don't know what a rune is, look at your phone and press the Bluetooth button. The various attempts to decipher the inscriptions are not regarded as successful. The words that occur of both rings give the sense that it is probably magical. Mm. Though uh, there's not been an actual correct translation. What the most of what has been translated, at least on these two rings, not all seven, they're slightly different, but these two are pretty similar. Seem to indicate that it's a spell uh, to stop blood, to stop bleeding, which is pretty dope. So, because like so one of the words on there is about blood and like something else. All they can really think is that it was you put the ring on and you can stop your stop bleeding I mean, from some wound. Which is like really that's pretty fucking cool. They really didn't know what they were doing back then. So it's like let's forge it's a ring that like says a, stop bleeding. It's cool. like a seventh century mitral, right? Yeah. Mm. Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's the no more periods ring. Yeah. That'd be pretty dope. <laughs> I should go get the ring. Yeah, I'm done bleeding. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I thought that's really fucking cool that not only is the Lord of the Rings rings based on like reality, but that there's a real magical ring in the world. I mean, it probably doesn't stop the bleeding. Although, I mean, maybe. <laughs> Has anyone tried it? I know. Have the British Museum tried it? Just like stab your hand and then just see. But there we go. See what happens. Oh, done. Great. Why not? Station, what, what magical jewelry would you like to tell the world about? I just want to touch on something. I don't have like a super ton of knowledge about this because I was just reading about before we filmed this. It's not a fake magical jewelry. It's real magical jewelry. And by magical, Mm. I mean cursed because I can't help myself. (laughs) (laughs) It's one of the most famous pieces of jewelry in the world and it's supposed to be one of the most cursed as well. The Hope Diamond, which hangs out at the Smithsonian Museum. Yes. Oh yeah, you were just there. It is a massively huge, gorgeously gray-blue diamond that's like bajillion carats they found in india a couple of hundred years ago um it's estimated to be worth between 250 and 350 million dollars what the fuck and supposedly horrible fortunes horrible fortunes have befallen every single person who's ever owned it including the people who um cut it into its little faceted beautiful gorgeous sparkly shape um there's like a rumor that one guy was ripped apart by wild dogs when he owned it, there was this woman whose lover gave it to her and then he killed her. And like, it's just like every single person supposedly has all these horrible fortunes. Although most of it comes from this article in like 1911 from the New York Times and none of it's substantiated. But I love all the rumors about it and how it's so dark. And yeah, apparently it got given to the Smithsonian because it's supposed to be like bad news. And then it wow. lives there and people get a look at it. Is that the thing that the heart of the ocean's based on? I think so, Titanic yeah. or whatever? Okay. So. It's huge. It's a really, really big stone. Well, that's intense. And that's awesome. It's real. It's real. It's real. Real magic. I jewelry. love real cursed jewelry. I think it's fun. There's a lot of it. I have a picture somewhere, but that's, yeah, right. it's very, it's ridiculously it's, large. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, you have to line up 
for it to just see to it, see it yeah. yeah type of thing so do you have do you have something to share daniel about magical jewelry um the only other thing that i have for magical jewelry because you took a lot of them infinity gems clearly from <laughs> uh right so okay all right but but if we're just gonna go to what jewelry yeah i know the, okay but but even still because like the the time stone right uh dr strange has it in a dope like amulet thing that thing's fucking cool as shit so that does count as jewelry i don't know that i count the gauntlet as yeah i haven't seen any of those movies okay. so i don't quite okay. know but I know that it's a thing, mm-hmm. and he wears it, and he snaps. I know that. Right. Uh, Captain Planet. Yeah, I was going to say Captain Planet. They Woo-hoo. have rings that bring out don't Captain the, Planet. Don't the, the Power Rangers have rings? Power no, Rangers no, they have, have like a belt. They have a buckle. Oh, okay. buckle yeah. Which is, I mean, I guess it's not jewelry, but what is jewelry? Accoutrement. Yeah. Yeah, yeah see, if we would have said magical accessories, it would have been a different story. And we will right. have an opportunity to do that. That's why I try to narrow it to jewelry. Yeah, I like it. I like nay, it. specifically rings. And but, really rings, yeah. But yeah, the Captain Planet ones, they actually summon Captain Planet, right? They do. They all... You can put all so your little like, powerings together. It's like the bat signal. Yeah. Yeah. And they form Captain Planet. They get Captain Planet out there and he'll mm-hmm. take down and... Save the planet. Coal. Re- recycle. Owner for okay. whatever. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> We've seen it. Yeah, we, we get it. <laughs> I love Captain Planet. He's a hero. Gonna take pollution down to zero. Before we yell about this episode, I have some yelling I want to do about another little television show that aired directly after this episode of television. Murder, we, she wrote. Yes. Murder, we wrote. Uh, well, how's Dawson's it? Creek. Dawson's Creek. Friends. That's Murder, she wrote, right? Right. It's time for an angel update. Perfect. Now we don't have to make any other music. <laughs> wow. I mean, I feel like you were joking, but you shouldn't be. I Literally just save that and insert it in every episode. It's even if she it. even if she films something, don't yeah. use it. It's done. it's done. It's been done. It's pretty good. I mean, we didn't say anything because we were in shock. So. I know. <laughs> that was a good take. Perfect recording oh, atmosphere. So this is the first episode of the season that... There's a crossover. So that obviously didn't happen on this episode because no characters from Angel showed up in Buffy. But characters from Buffy did show up in the episode of Angel that aired on the same evening called In the Dark, which is pretty funny because Buffy was harsh light of day. And Angel says, It's is not funny. It's, in the it's dark. like they planned this out. <laughs> it does feel like that. Uh, so just a quick update on Angel as the, the title denotes. He's in LA. He's sad. So that's not an update. Uh, Cordelia is there. <laughs> Which yes. is strange, but we needed some reason to watch this fucking show because it sure as fuck is an angel. Wow. Saying that right now. And wow. we have a fun Irish sidekick that appears out of nowhere named Doyle, who's a demon who gets premonitions, violent ones, when he like he just sees flashes of people's impending death. And then right. a la a private detective firm is born with Angel as the lead beat 'em up guy. Right. And Cordelia there for support slash bookkeeping. So that's our little Not setup. Not so much right away. I mean, it takes a second for them. To right. Yeah. Them. I mean, whatever. They meet at a party that's fucking, it's all really super contrived. Also, there's a lesbian cop. It, it's all there. Right, 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 right. It, Look, I have a very negative opinion of this show. It is show. over of the top. It's, it's super dramatic. It's over the to top watch. and it's dramatic. <laughs> have you seen season one of Buffy? <laughs> have you it's seen so last dramatic. year of Buffy? I mean, like even the very opening scene of the first episode is him walking down a dark alley like I'm, I'm the thing that hunts in the night which he doesn't say but like 
that is basically the vibe we're throwing. And she's I like, wish she had said that. <laughs> I wish so too. Just like, anyway. all right, take this with a grain of salt, everyone. <laughs> this is going to be, and I don't think we're prepared. Mm, salty goodness. Oh. Hello, salty goodness. Speaking of this episode specifically, Oz does deliver on his promise to, de- to deliver, 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 deliver. Nothing, Nothing was, was delivered. Except there was something delivered. There was a gem of Amara. Oz took it to LA with him, like you said. And I don't know if you noticed this. In the first scene of Harsh Light of Day, Oz is in that scene, which BT Dubs, his guitar playing, Seth, Seth Green's guitar playing, mucho, mucho improved. I don't know if anybody noticed he's actually playing along correctly. And I found out in the Watcher's Guide, we can cut all this out, but I just want to tell you, in the Watcher's Guide, Seth Green did actually spend time with the Dingo's guitarist to kind of learn how to play, so... I don't know. It's no, no, it's like I when the song, he, like he was following the was song, he like actually on. moved his hand correctly. Whether or not he's playing the right chords, I don't know, but at least he's trying to go with the chord changes. So Oz doesn't say a single fucking word in the opening scene of the Buffy episode, and I think he maybe says two lines in the whole thing. But that motherfucker does not shut up in the Angel episode, and it's really cringy. He loses all of his cool points. He says the dorkiest, stupidest fucking lines. I was like, why are you assassinating my friend? I don't understand. It's the worst, and I hate it. Like what? Yeah, I feel like I'm gonna watch this. this We're usually be so laconic. Is that what you hate? That was bad. Literally everything he said, like it's too much. His whole thing is that he's stoic and silent. Like having him talk, all, it just sounds dorky. Everything that comes out of his mouth is just like too much, too much. What? But if he has stuff to tell Angel, he can't just be stoic and silent. He's got to tell Angel the things. Oh, he needs. also, no one called ahead. Everyone is surprised he's there. Like. First Cordelia surprised, and I was like, okay, they just didn't tell Cordelia. Why would fucking Colin Quinn know? He's just the rando guy. And then, but Angel doesn't fucking know. Oh, come on. Like, Angel even knows how to work a phone. Yeah. I mean, he's got a business. He's also, a small business could, Does he? That's all Cordelia. <laughs> yes. And also, they literally could not say his name while they were sitting around the fucking gem of Amora or whatever. Oh, that's true. So it's like, I'm not going to call the guy. I can barely say his fucking name. I don't I'm not going to call to say. I don't know. Casual drop in on a friend of yours is ex. You're you living in a it, world of I mean, interconnectedness. They didn't have cell phones back then. They just expected people to drop by. I mean, it was all fine. Would they have fine. even had his phone number? I doubt they were listed in the yellow pages. Well, then how did Oz business? Find them? How did Oz find them? It was a business, though. Would it be that weird to show up at someone's business when I you have related fair. business to do? All right. All right. All right. I don't think fair. it's that weird. Right. I think Oz was fine in it. No, it's terrible. I mean, I thought it was a cute little interaction between Oz and Angel because they're both like you never see them interact t- together and they're just kind of like. Hey. What's up, bro? Mm. What's up, bro? Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. No. How's that Willow going? Willow's great. How's Buffy? Don't talk about Buffy. Oh, jeez. Spike shows up to get the ring back, and he does not ever get it, and then ends up mm-hmm. going home. Uh, meanwhile, there's also a, a torture. Spike is iconic. Yes. He calls angels a, a lot of names. There's like some gay jokes at the beginning, too, because we can't not. Uh, and Angel gets tortured by a really creepy pedophile vampire, which I'm like, oh, we haven't gone there. Thanks, darker version of Buffy. And uh, at least they're being honest about it. <laughs> and you're like so mad about it. But, like you want to love it, but you like feel this obligation it's to just, hate it. It's not good. It is good. But it's not just, good. it is darker. It's a darker Buffy. That's good. It's, it is good. The first two seasons, great. The third season, eh. The fourth season, horrific. The fifth season, amazing. Yeah. Because of all of our friends. That's why. No, because Spike. Oh, come on. Who's one of our, our friends? friends? Doyle, great. Lauren, great. Cordelia as a badass entrepreneur, a demon slayer, great. Yeah. Yes, but Lauren hasn't showed up yet. 
Well, and then you've and got Wesley, but Wesley. But you're hating Wesley, and Fred, great. Fred, the best. Great. You're hating oh, yeah, on Lauren, the TV yeah, show course, as a whole whole situation. The Gruselog, amazing. Mm-hmm. That's an iconic episode of TV. Yeah. <laughs> Fight me. <laughs> I mean, that's what we're doing. It's great. Yeah, that's good. I'm going to have to start watching them because I can't let this fucking stand anymore. So. Well, that's that's what happened. In case you were curious, <laughs> Spike went to meet Angel, didn't get the ring back, and left with his tail between his legs. That's what's relevant to Buffy, at least. Also, Oz got to be kind of a little superhero. He crashed. Very his fan. little is relative fan to Buffy. Through. They only have like two crossovers. I yes. think they've got like well, the next are like four the season. Buffy comes for one episode. That'll be after Pangs. Angel yeah. goes. Well, Pang, to goes Sunnydale. Pangs, right. Buffy, well, and then the Faith stuff. And then. Isn't there, oh, fuck, isn't there a minor Willow moment where That's she like, the calls end of season them five. or something? Oh, wait, yeah. She calls when Harmony goes. Yeah. Ooh, and Harmony. Yeah. Harmony. Does she not kill? Yeah. Harmony is amazing in Angel. Yeah, yeah in season five. I, season five is a different show. season five like it's not the same show? Because it's, it's not. I know. basically a different show. Season five is just season eight of Buffy. Like, it's just a different Whoa. show. No. It is. No. It is. These no. takes are <laughs> take literally the worst takes. Okay. Darla. Darla. Oh, God. She's so fun. You're going to find out she's like some syphilitic prostitute who was dying. <laughs> uh, if you enjoyed this Angel Update, stay tuned. <laughs> This is uh, I'm gonna. We're gonna spend a whole hour uh, around Christmas time during the break for yes. to actually do a proper deep dive. And I encourage everyone to slog through uh, Angel so you can follow along slog with us. Slog through, enjoy, <laughs> enjoy Angel. Just the great get the show. fourth season. The rest is great. But these little interstitial updates are just to the, describe what happened off screen that relates to our Buffy episode. But we'll do an actual little Angel update in the middle of the season and at the end of the season for everybody who cares. Which. Whichever it's not one else. me. Well, you want to keep yelling at each other? Let's yell about it. The actual show we're talking about, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Daniel, what do you have to say for yourself? There's a scar on Buffy's neck. <laughs> she says it was an angry puppy. She said it was an angry puppy. And that was funny because then everybody said it was an angry puppy. And it's also funny because Spike makes a joke about Angel in the Angel episode mm-hmm. that says, I'm a great puffy, puffy puppy something. I don't know. Fluffy puppy. I'm it's great. lovely. Yeah. What a lovely team. That's working on two great shows. I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> Devin in a crop top. Devin in a crop top. Oh. Devin's crop top is complimented by a jacket that's also too short for him. R.I.P. Devin and his mistress. It- mistress midriff. <laughs> Is it is it too short or is it just the right length? It's just the right length. <laughs> when I saw it the first time, I was just like, gl- it's glowing. He's glowing. It's no, okay. I mean, I think I mentioned it like three times. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. I missed this out of 90s TV. Well, it was it, amazing. He it, was showing more skin than Willow was. He was the only woman in that scene. And I was like, yes. In episode one, in episode one, Kelly famously said, uh, this is the late 90s, almost a 2000s, not a midriff in sight. <laughs> Clearly wasn't anticipating fucking Devin showing up. So do you have anything to say for yourself? Um... Oh my god, it was amazing to see Harmony again. Yeah. She's the most hilarious vampire. So I love her with my entire heart. <laughs> I think my favorite thing was that one, she has this cute moment where she catches up with Will and they're like, Oh my god, you haven't changed. And then she tries to Big eat snake, Willow. Huh? And then Big she snake. tries <laughs> then she tries to eat Willow. And then when Oz is like, Hey, here's a cross, she was like, I have a boyfriend and he's gonna be very bad that you were mean to me, aka wouldn't let me kill you. 
and then just like runs away. Random. Thing. Well, and her and Angela is hilarious too. Even that first episode, she's staying at like Cordelia's apartment. Mm-hmm. She's trying to tell Cordelia that she's a vampire, but Cordelia thinks she's, she's a lesbian. Yeah. She's a lesbian. It's pretty Amazing. Great. It's because Angel's a great show. Mm. Buffy mm. said, uh, "I drowned a couple years ago, but I came back. Obviously." Call back. <laughs> call back. Remember, guys? Remember when that happened? I mean, they don't call back enough, but there was a lot of callbacks in this episode, which I appreciate, so I really like that. There was a lot of deleted scenes in this episode, and one of them was about that scene where apparently it continued, and Parker said, wow, I owe somebody a great big kiss, and Buffy says, Xandra will be thrilled. Oh, that's good. There's a lot, a oh. lot of dialogue, which makes sense, because Jane Espison's all about like snappy dialogue. Great, so. and is a hero. She is. I need to talk to Xander. Go away. Did anybody catch the fake Lisa Loeb score that Christophe Beck was putting on with little Parker and Buffy love scene? Not not like the actual sex scene, but like them oh, on the, the bench. That music undercut everything that was going on. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Never mind. I was the only one. I was living I my 90s not. best. But I just like because his score is usually pretty like melancholy yeah. like string stuff so it yeah. was really weird to hear like this acoustic 90s rock while they're like talking on that bench oh, I or whatever. I just assumed it was big spliff. Biff. Oh, Biff naked. Biff. Na- I thought. I just assumed Biff. Biff. I, thought, I, I assumed it was Biff naked. <laughs> no, no, no. Doing the music across the board because no, no, they no. were in a music video Is that there? the cameras didn't allow to continue. It was just like, oh, music video. They oh, really awesome. turned that into like an American Pie movie for like four and a half minutes. Buffy the Vampire Slayer became American Pie. It was really weird. I think that scenes with Giles scorning Xander can't happen enough. And my favorite thing was when Xander's like, I don't understand your wacky system or whatever. And Giles goes, my system, it's called the alphabet. <laughs> oh. and then, then, like the scorn <laughs> coming from Giles. I was just like, perfect. <laughs> well, Giles was on something. I gotta say it was good. Speaking of Biff naked at the house party, um, it was really strange that Buffy um, goes into like sewers and into back alleys and fights demons and stuff. But she genuinely looked really concerned for like the amount of like counterculture weirdness going on at this house party. Like every time she would like look at somebody, the guy like juggling the fucking beer bottles or whatever. She was like, oh, this what cool. freak show did you bring what me to? What freak show? Was gonna, exactly. And I'm like, this should be like your people. These are your people. You're a vampire slayer. These people pretend like they love vampires. She's a nice girl from the valley. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Also, just uh, to finish the thought on the house party, um, and if anybody has any other uh, on the house party, please chime in. But who dances like that at a house party? Like, I guess I've only been to punk rock house parties, but are there house parties where you dance like you're in the fucking prom? I don't know, but I can also tell you who doesn't know Parker or Buffy because do they dance for 10 seconds and then go have the conversation? Do we just need the music cue to follow the sex scene? Yes, is the answer to that. But like, Mm. I feel like we should have done for the sake of the continuity of the shot. We should have done them having the conversation and like getting up to dance or or, or backwards. Sorry, dance and then conversation into the sex scene instead of weirdly intercutting it. Like, Mm. don't start. We are the lucky ones, which is the sex song by you dancing. I don't understand. Like, it was so weirdly chopped up. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. Or just don't do it at all would be my advice. That's a great fucking song. It was trash. The song is so important. I absolutely hate, <laughs> I hated every moment of it. Love that song. Her thing is awesome. Whatever her name is that I can't remember, she showed up in an episode of the, of the L Word once. And I was like, that girl, you're from Biff Naked. And that's the story of that. Did she think that she was also in a music video when she was on the L Word? She might have. constantly like. She might have. Also, there's no drums in the scene. So to watch the drummer like do weird like little tiny fills oh, with the- no sound. 
and he like does the thing on his he did he did it both on the snare and on the uh symbol <laughs> nice this little and i'm like nope there's no sound coming out yeah there's for sure no drums in that song. no drums at all but well maybe at the very end i think it yeah it does kick in i just end. like yeah. i've been to house parties man can you imagine can you imagine a fake drummer a guy playing an acoustic guitar and this girl like singing this song, everyone would walk out of the room. Are you kidding me? House parties have got to be punchy, man. Oh, yeah. That's why punk well, that's why they started with their little, well, like Biff Naked was like a pop punk band. That was their one and only ballad. Don't do the ballad at the house party. They needed it for the sex Don't song. do the ballad at the house party. They needed it for do the it sex at the show. Song. People buy your tickets. Sell that shit to them. So do we want to talk about Spike being a pedophile? Because he's with Harmony, who's... Uh, over 18 no. however i so i saw i thought about this and i feel like once you're a vampire it doesn't count anymore because mm. she's never gonna be older than she is that, that is true that is true but she just turned i think it would be creepy if you were as a vampire was specifically turning 15 year old girls so they could stay 15 year old forever. Oh, sure. but if you run into a vampire who was already turned Fine. Okay. All right. I but think that's my line. I guess my bigger point of contention is who the fuck wants to be with an eternal teenager? Is Antonio Banderas a vampire? No. Oh. Can I make him a vampire? No. Wait, on second thought, yeah. Go do that. Take your time. Do Melanie and the kids as well. Hey, I don't have a pulse. Cool. Can we eat a doctor so I can get a stethoscope and hear my heart not beating? Um, what does it take to get you to shut the hell up? How is that appealing or attractive in any way, shape, or form? Like, well, it's Buffy's well, entire clearly he God. didn't even like her that much. Yeah, well, true. Buffy, when it was like, who would you know the voiceover? Who would possibly be with? I mean, Harmony, a dead, a dead. Isn't Harmony? the bigger problem Anya and Xander? Because she's, she's like a million? Yeah. And yeah. he's an actual teenager who's not, who's going to continue to get older. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. And there's the whole, you used to be a man killing demon thing, which to be fair is as much my issue as it is yours. Speaking of Biff Naked, I feel like oh. Joss Whedon has a fantasy that women will walk into his office and just completely disrobe. <laughs> and say like, take me sexy mm. TV producer. Uh, yeah. Because he, he does naked. that. Oh. <laughs> And this is a music video. Yeah, because uh, Anya does it in this episode, obviously, and then mm-hmm. it happens in Firefly too. So Joseph Bridge oh. does it in Firefly. Yeah, I mean, I can see that. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. he does. It's it's probably she like tries to push Mal. Mm-hmm. She gets naked, and she's like, "Plow me." Oh God! Oh wow! Spread your seed or something oh. disgusting like that. Like it says in the Bible. Can't say plow. Can't say seed. seed. No. And, I'm just and, hearing Rocky <laughs> play some. Like, I know. I know. I know. No, it's something like, and he must work in her. Like, I swear to God, it's disgusting. Stop. And Stop. then, and then, Book had been like, you can't have sex with her. You're gonna go to the special hell reserved for like yeah, right, pedophiles yeah. and people yeah. who talk in the movies or whatever. And then he goes, I'm gonna go to the special hell. And you're just like, Ugh. hello, hello. Anya Xander relationship. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Anya showing up was very funny. Yes. She's a very funny person. She is. Written very funny. Um, Cranapple. Right? Who has Cranapple juice boxes? Uh, I mean, it's a great a combo. It's a great combo. Of oh, it's drink. delicious. I'm not saying it's not delicious. Yeah. I do have a, a bone to pick with the straw already being in the juice box. That was weird. Especially was when weird. there wasn't even like a puncturing sound. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine though? I mean, and this is not a stretch that Xander literally punctured all of them. Pre-punches? Pre-punches. He's a pre-puncher? Yeah. He's a pre-puncher. All right. I found the quote. 
<laughs> it's worse than I remembered. On the night of their betrothal, the wife shall open the man as the furrow to the plow, and he shall work in her in and again, till she bring him to his fall and rest him then upon the sweet of sweet sweat of her breasts. Oh, this is fun. Why'd you make me read that? I didn't want to read it after I already said it. <laughs> I needed to share the shame and guilt. Already done enough. Anyway, yes, Crane Apple. Crane Apple. Oh, it's a great combo. And he definitely <laughs> I, He no, definitely I mean, punctures He definitely punctures all of the juice boxes before. Xander's yeah. a pre-puncher and Crane Apple's delicious. Yeah. yeah. I literally, one of my notes just says, Cran apples. I'm glad you brought it up because I was going to. I had no idea this was such a hot button. Well, I just love that. She's like, Cran apple? I have Cran apple. And she's like, sure. He turns around. She's naked. (laughs) Which was very, I don't know. The whole thing with them was very funny. I mean, the Anya, I like you. You're funny and nicely shaped. And frankly, it's ludicrous to have these interlocking bodies that don't interlock. Please remove your clothes. I mean, it's like a really knowing what Anya becomes. It's like, this is, this is it. Would you care for something? I have Cran apple. All right. And we kind of like did the sex thing. I didn't think that they were actually going to sleep together. And it's like, well, we're done. Okay. So there's two sex scenes in this episode, right? I mean, Harmony and Spike. Yeah, right. Yeah. So So I would say Harmony and Spike sex scene is like the first actual kind of sexy sex scene in the whole show. I mean, that was the most sexy sex scene where she's just like, I have these veins. Yeah, because everything else is always like sweet and tender and we're playing the Biff Naked music. And Oh, I mean... Also weirdly intercut with a scene of Giles, which I did not need in my sex (laughs) montage. (laughs) Thanks for that, I guess. But yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's totally right. Like the music is swelling and it's like, Uh, I don't need to call my... Buffy, are you there? <laughs> I thought that they were going to cut over to her room in the, and it was going to be the answering machine with him on it. But no. And she'd be like, keep fucking me harder. Yeah, but, then, <laughs> but, then, but then you went back to them and it's just stayed, sl- nothing, mm-hmm. don't know how to kiss, <laughs> sitting on top of one another, no chemistry, nope. zero <laughs> chemistry. Yep. It was it was horrible. But the Spike and Harmony stuff, they even had a nice like oh, kind of like trip hop song underneath. I was like, oh my gosh. Hot. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh, there's yeah. a, like a sexy, sexy named Buffy who... Because well, Harmony is a fun... Harmony and Spike are super fun. Buffy, I love her, but she's... In this role that she's in, like trying to court Parker is not fun. And mm-hmm. Parker, not fun at all. Nope. So we have two very unfun people having sex. No one wants to see it. <laughs> Everyone wants to see Harmony and Spike in the chains. We want to have some fun. That's what we want to see. Oh, what? So now you're special? You're a special boy chains and stuff why do you have chains and stuff right i mean <laughs> honestly i'd true. rather and, and anya and xander yes i'd rather do that mm-hmm. as well because those are two interesting people the, the parker and buffy i'm sorry no no interest at all giles 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 sweden also like giles sex. and olivia yes please i mean come on come on get ripper let's about go that. don't know how i feel no, about that but feel, feel something he also likes a sex montage because in season seven when willow and kennedy are doing it and so is faith and principal wood and buffy and spike are just gently holding each other we just oh and as uh, and Anya are fucking in the kitchen that's right so we just cut between all of them well you're saying buffy is just holding someone oh yeah her and spike are just cuddling See, they're, I think they're so... Are they just afraid to, like, have Buffy, like, have sex? Oh, they fuck or? a house down. Don't they forget. They fuck a house. And there's, yeah. right. and I will there's never an episode forget. with her and Riley where they f- yeah, the, fuck where the energy into are. a house or yep, whatever yep, yep, yep. is happening there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, I'm ready, yeah. for, I'm ready for some more sex <laughs> with Buffy. Oh my That's God. all I'm to say. All right. Well, <laughs> I'm ready for more sex with Buffy. Okay, so sex. moving on. 
Critically, harmony, as a critical and Spike together, amazing. Mm-hmm. I love Spike's scorn for Harmony, but I also love her like sweetness towards Spike and mm-hmm. how she's like my blondie bear, my platinum baby, are the two nicknames we get. Yeah. so amazing but I also love like afterwards when they find Harmony in the hole or whatever mm-hmm. and he had staked her mm-hmm. like he meant to kill oh my her God. And, so good. and she was like he staked me and then took the ring like I wouldn't just give it to him <laughs> and I just like loved it that she was just like I would give him anything and he just like doesn't care about me and it's just like I really I really feel for Harmony in that moment my favorite Harmony <laughs> moment was when Buffy was uh, she said and you with Harmony. What'd you lose a bet? Hey. I felt like, aw, that's very sad. That, like, okay, so it's fucking wild to think he would have just killed Harmony then. Like, I understand that they I, were writing the episode so they knew that wasn't going to happen. But yeah. like, it was for, a dramatic reveal. Oh, my God. He was going to, Harmony could have died in that moment. And there's another moment where Spike, fucking Buffy would have just killed Spike. Like, it's yeah. so, like what a weird universe we could be in where like Harmony okay maybe a little less consequential but like no Harmony just dies in this episode Spike just dies in this episode obviously it wasn't going to happen but it was fun to imagine for a second See, but, but Harmony is so insufferable that it's like you know and Spike is obviously so over it like it was oh, yeah. that was good I uh, mm-hmm. man I didn't I forgot all about it I was like, oh my God, no. Every line she says <laughs> while they're in the tunnel and they're going through the stuff is so good. My favorite one is uh, when he pulls the, the amulet off the skeleton, which by the way, doesn't break apart. It's, it remains yeah, intact. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, um, <laughs> she goes, oh, because you're too good to work a class. But I was like. <laughs> I, that was I thought it'd make you taller. I don't know. I, guess. I, I thought it'd make you taller or you'd glow or something. You don't look any different. <laughs> So good. Everything is perfect. Uh, and then, uh, then what is it? The reason he stakes her? She says something about France again, and he was just yeah. like, "Don't talk about France." <laughs> Basically. Well, and then it was, and all, the whole thing with Drew was very funny. Just like, just like, uh, right? Drew left Spike for a fungus demon. Did yeah, I get that right? I love it. I love that she leaves Spike for the most disgusting creatures she can find every <laughs> single time. Yeah, because the reason he ends up in Lover's Walk in season three is because she left him for, or was making out with a chaos demon on a bench, and they got in a fight. Which, mm-hmm. we do which is all slime and love, antlers. Yeah. Yep. yeah. And that was that was a great ah oh man, Fool for Love so good. Season five so good. The fact that they brought it back around and show you the scene is just it's perfect. I mean, I, I love I love dumped Spike who's trying to deal with uh-huh. the fact that Drew doesn't want him. Yeah. And it also makes me feel really bad for Harmony because apparently he's just talking about Drusilla all the time because she's like, it's oh, all yeah. he talks about or whatever. Dorcas. Like, oh, Drusilla. And I'm just like, Harmony, you deserve better than Spike. It's true. <laughs> Uh, I don't know whose turn it is. Who wants to say whatever they want to say can say it. Um, okay, so I loved this moment with Spike when he's fighting Buffy out in the in the sunlight or whatever. Great scene. That's the first daytime vampire fight. I know. Well, one, I love it because he looks so out of place. Like, clearly, this is a guy meant to lurk in Crips and Yonky <laughs> yes. in the middle of a sunny college campus. But then, two, he had a wonderful podcast moment. Where it was like, I was just waiting for him to say Blue Apron or something. What? Because he, he says, the official sponsor of my killing oh, you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and all I could think of was Casper Mattress. <laughs> Why are you going to flaunt your ring? You shouldn't have showed Buffy. Like, no, let's yeah. be real. He couldn't yeah. wait. He should have just. Here's the know, thing that makes me invulnerable. Like, don't take it off. Here. You'll kill us all. Fuck it. I don't care. <laughs> Parker doesn't I mean, want to sleep with me again. I mean, I'm dead inside. Who cares? He should have attacked her at night because then she wouldn't have known anything was up. Exactly. Although uh, 
I wonder if that's true. I don't think it would that. I mean, Spike was obviously just a sanction. Do we know that much lore about this? No, I don't I mean, think him taking it, her taking it off of him while they were touching would have made her also go up and flame. I, I, that that was added on. That was yeah. no no part of our understanding of the ring meant whoever takes it off is going. to Other burn. than I guess, like he would have spontaneously burst into flame. And theoretically, she could have been burned. Yeah, from but the flame she would have that just she could stepped have away. stepped away from. <laughs> but anyway. Limp Biscuit sticker on the phone booth. Oh, I didn't catch it. Yeah. When yeah. she was calling Giles to say, I'm going back home or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, like, right, yes. yeah, I got, I'm tired. Oh, yeah. I'm, right, yeah. right, right. I think that was the one. There were two pay phone calls. Maybe it was the other one. I don't remember. The music that's playing underneath Buffy's investigating, like where Harmony might be, where she's showing people the, like, the yearbook and stuff. Mm-hmm. It It's like, perfect 90s horror movie moment it's so weird like i feel like that song is in screen when nev campbell's doing some kind of montage it's really fun but it so abruptly ends she's like montage with a trip-hop music underneath we're doing our horror movie thing investigating and then like cut to next scene like in the middle of a song like there's no fade out there's no fade to black it's just like oh we're we forgot uh we had to cut that abruptly i'm sorry editing what do you have a no one noticed that. Uh, do you have anything else to say? I mean, I liked her having the yearbook that is the real yearbook that we saw at the end I know, of the thing. That's pretty great. great touch, yeah. The very last scene of Buffy where they the camera zooms out and it shows Anya, Buffy, and Harmony mm. walking. Oh, you mean the worst scene in the episode? Yeah. yeah. Walking in slightly different directions, but they all could see each other. Okay. Mm. Many problems with this. Mm. It's please tough. One, uh, Buffy totally could see Harmony. Why wouldn't you go kill her? Yes. Yeah. Two, um, Anya confronted Xander in the middle of the day and then she stayed on campus for hours. Mm-hmm. Yes. What? And then three, Buffy was already taking a walk. She told Willow, no, I'm going to go take a walk. Because they had been walking they together. They were walking, which was and the I best was just part. like, what is... <laughs> I need to take uh, a walk. A walk? But we were just we walking. Were, we've been walking this whole time. That like, scene is infuriating. Also, how does Anya know where everyone is always? How does she know where Xander lives? How does she know that uh, everyone's on the campus? How does she know where Giles lives? How the fuck does she know where everyone is always? I don't understand why she knows. But maybe Giles and Xander... Or Giles. <laughs> well, maybe Xander and Anya had sex all the way into the nighttime. Maybe they just all day but like how did she know where he lived in the first place well how and also how they, why am i gonna go to the campus to contemplate but they my didn't, life because she goes she goes to see xander and she's like about what i said and then he's like i don't have time for this and leaves mm. and that's in the middle of the day like after oh, so you think she like followed sex. him well so they had sex and then whatever happens with spike oh right right yes, they realize that to, spike's gonna have the ring or they found out where it he is went or to whatever. her door and, and they go to Buffy's dorm oh. and then Anya runs into him there and she was like, about what I said about not being over it or whatever. And he's like, I don't have time for you. And it cuts away. He like leaves. And that's the last time we see Anya until she walks away from campus like nine hours later. Yeah. Like, what was she doing? Just sitting outside of Buffy's door waiting? Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> wow. Worse. Amazing. It's worse. Yeah. That's so good. So good. <laughs> Why is Harmony there? I just, none I, of it I, makes Nope. Sense. I don't, I can't, I don't know. Oh, the fucking spike caused an in- massive sinkhole to okay, destroy a fucking interstate in Southern California. So I don't understand that because he just seemed to be very precision into a crypt. <laughs> and yet the fucking interstate has fallen down. <laughs> no big deal. Okay, yeah. I'm glad you said that because that was uh, totally wild. It didn't make sense because it also didn't fall on them. Nope. Like when they were in the crypt. Yeah, it collapsed to the point where the entire interstate is fucking destroyed on that lane of but, traffic. Like, they, were like, no, they were fine. They were fine. They were fine. Um, Zan- in that fight, Xander. Xander <laughs> he's in the back of the scene the whole time. <laughs> His legs <laughs> just hanging out. I mean, I love that they didn't even like mention him. You know, because they'll usually do that. Like, thanks, Xander, for being such a hero. Like, trying. No one said anything. 
That guy just literally ran in, got picked up, thrown into a light post, and that was the end of the story. What a wild... I mean, imagine that in season one. They would have never allowed that to happen, right? right. Absolutely wild. And the last thing I've got is, um, you know, last season I was all about Giles being mean to Oz. Well, guess what? They're BFFs. They're fine. They're hanging out. They're bonding over records. And those records are not important enough, except for one in particular that Oz holds up. Velvet Underground, Loaded. The final Velvet Underground record, which apparently is good enough to end the world over. Good enough to let the world die to preserve this album. Okay, either I'm borrowing all your albums or I'm moving in. Well, there are more important things than records right now. More important than this one? Um, Last person argument could be made for... So this album uh, was the last Lou Reed left the band, which was the end of the band. Uh, he wrote all of the songs on there, so it's still pretty good. Uh, Sweet Jane and Rock and Roll are two classics by The Velvet Underground. Uh, Maureen Tucker, though, the, their drummer throughout the whole time, she got pregnant and wasn't even on the record. And it's considered by some not even a Velvet Underground record. Like, what's the point then? You've got Lou Reed, who they basically like weirdly overdumped and, and kind of fucked up his shit. And, and she's not even on the record. Hmm. So you're just working with like the guitarist and the bassist. Is that a Velvet Underground album? 110 on Rolling Stone. Their 500 albums of all time. Uh, it is bit better than White Light, White Heat, which is 293 in their self-title, which is 316. Oh, wow. So it is higher than that, which, I don't know, whatever. But the one you want is the one with Nico, mm-hmm. Velvet Underground with Nico, number 13 record of all time. Why didn't that one show up? Standing on the corner Suitcase in my hand Jackson's corset, Jane is in her vest And me, I'm in a rock and roll band huh. Riding the studs back at Jim You know, those were different times All, all the poets, they studied rules of verse I just mean like, you would have to pay just to show the image of the record? I don't know, I don't know See, that seems weird. See, that's what I don't... I don't yeah. know if that's true or not. But, I mean, like, why might, wouldn't you do it? Why you wouldn't you put... You have to, though, because that's why you've got the fake movie brand chips, right? Sure, yeah. I think... Yeah, I mean, right. It seems right. Because otherwise, why wouldn't you put Rolling Stones, Led Zeppelin, the right, Beatles? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Why wouldn't you do all of that stuff? They showed because, the Cream album and stuff, though, right? I mean, well, I guess that wasn't like... They kind of... You couldn't really see it. Like, I think about Mad Men when they, when they spent $250,000 to play Tomorrow Never Knows off of Revolver from mm. the Beatles. And the scene was really cool, not only because you're hearing the song, but because Don Draper picks up the Revolver LP. Like, in, in, in those moments, you realize, like, oh, shit, you don't really see this. I wonder mm-hmm. if they just had, like, a, a crate of records and, like, Seth Green's character just grabbed one out of it. Or Seth Green's character. Seth Green, the human being, just grabbed just one out. out. And then, like, the line was going to be the line no matter what. Mm. But then that seems really... I would love to know. I love syphilis more than you. In the meantime, we're a real podcast, and you can find us everywhere at Beat Me Pod. That's Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, at Beat Me Pod. Also, we have a, a website. It's beatmepod.wordpress.com. Still, Yes. Where you can find fun things like, hey, you guys played a song during that episode. What was that song? Boom. Right there. Right there we on the show We just mentioned Bowie. We just mentioned Velvet Boom. Underground. It's going to be on there. 
It's there. Uh, while we're on the top of music, you can also find a playlist that I have lovingly created for all of you listening out there. It is called Beat Me Hyphen Fun Time Playlist for Podcast Fans. Season four. That's right. We are in season four. Mm. And you can find that on Spotify. And that's going to include every song that is inside of the Buffy episode, the television show with which the podcast we are doing is based on. Mm. And also any song that is played during this podcast episode, which you are currently listening to. Thank you. Up to the watches. Doop, doop, doop. We'll go really, really fast. Xander Construction Outfit. Nobody is screwing in a light bulb, among other things. Uh, Maroon Jacket Watch, no. No. Forces Gay for Riley Watch, no. I know. Devin Watch. R.I.P. Devin Watch. Oh, so we're going to need a new one, but continue. So we got the exposed midriff. There's a guitar case, has a suicidal tendency sticker, and an In-N-Out Burger sticker. That's how you know in California. Thought everyone should know. Also, learned that he was dating Harmony. And, Briefly, uh, was too. She was too flaky. For she him. was too flaky for him. Marvel at the concept. That was great. Amazing. So <laughs> yes, but uh, future Chips Ahoy. So Chips Ahoy is the new. I don't know what it means. Every time Spike mentions about his chip, we talk about chips. The chip, the chipping, the chip, <laughs> okay. Chips Ahoy. All right. So Chips Ahoy will take over Devin Watch because apparently Devin's gone. If Devin shows back up, I will be furious. No, he doesn't. De Hoffern Watch, which took over Anya Watch. Anya Watch would have been completed. In this episode, because she came back, but the Hoffman watch is a no, but Anya watch was a yes, but it's not around. Anyways, Sandy watch, no. Michael, <laughs> Wiki, watch. Amy, goth watch. No, nothing of magic happened in this episode yeah. at all. Books a million, no, but we do get the um, the great line that we already went over with Giles um, dunking on Xander, which was great. <laughs> Streets ahead, nothing. And uh, Giles' biggest KO, no, just his ego, because he got found out about his TV. So, what a loser. So, I wanted to mention briefly... If we want to sub out one of the watches, I thought we could might do a new one because of this episode. We could do as many watches as we want. Uh, you should lock your door watch. You should lock your door watch. Because Anya says that to Giles in this episode because she just walks in because she knows where he lives to talk to Xander. And he says something quippy like, oh, consider it, blah, 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 whatever. I think there's no less than three more times that's going to happen in this season. Spike does it. Twice, I think. You should lock your doors. You should mind your doors, Rupert. You should lock your doors. So, what the? You should lock your door, watch. And we're done. I will do that. Hi, honey. I'm home. Let's rank this sucker. <laughs> it's been 800 years, and we're still talking about this episode. Willow Hacks, we talk about the net. No computers, no witchcraft, no nothing. Gets a five. Giles level of Giles. Now, I am going to give Giles maybe the lowest ranking that I've given him Whoa. possibly ever. Six. Wow. He's wearing a zippo putty and sweatpants. Ah, I don't tough. approve. He is. In like, in like trainers, like sneakers. Just like, I know. I called them trainers too. I was yeah. like, look how British we are. I know. I love look it. Look how British we are. He also is willing to eschew the safety of all humankind, uh, theoretically. Mm. I wouldn't go to the vampire, Over whatever. Velvet underground. Right, right. Unreal. Which doesn't seem right. This is not very Giles. So... I don't cream. know. Cream would make more sense. Canonically, it makes more sense. Absolutely. Disraeli Gears. Like, that's an iconic album with an iconic artwork. That would have been worth it. Mm-hmm. It would have worked. Mm-hmm. This is garbage. Sorry. And he owns a TV. And even Willow was appalled. Even Willow was taken aback by the out-of-characterness of Giles having a TV. So Also, it worked. I mean, that's also, that's probably the most damning. Well, thing. that's why she was like, well, maybe it's just an art piece. <gasps> it works. But, uh, I, uh, we have to go. <laughs> Riley ruins everything. Did not show up. Mm. Solid. Pulling the classic choice. Not showing up. Getting a five for the team. Good job, Riley. Monster of the week. Spike and Harmony. Come on. Come on. Spike, you know that I love to overrank the shit out of Spike appearances. He gets a 10 for showing up. Yeah, and Harmony is good, too. Yeah. <laughs> 
Exactly. I mean, him out in the sun. I mean, that was it. Having an outdoor vampire fight was great. Legitimately, that fight was definitely the best fight in a long time of Buffy. I was engaged the whole time, slamming her into the table. That Mm -hmm. was awesome. And just pulling the angel stuff and having her react to it. Well, their banter, I mean, it's so great. And usually there's not enough stakes in these things, right? Because it's just kind of like a generic fight. But it's like Buffy got worn down by this gem of Amara. Mm We don't know if Spike is more powerful because of it, you know, but he's kind of like won the day. And then it's just like Angel told me or whatever. And yeah. What can I, what did he do to like open your legs or whatever? Well, it was, it was like, way, oh, way more psychological because he's mm-hmm. saying fucked up shit to her. And just the idea of, oh shit, I'm fighting a vampire in the middle of the fucking day. Like this whole oh. thing is. Yeah. And Xander is literally laid out. He might be dead. He, <laughs> he might, be, he might dead. be fucking dead. Who knows? He won't save me this time. Um, relationship, goodness or badness. So there's a couple of things that go on in this episode. Obviously, we got Buffy and Parker, which is, I would say, net negative. Uh, we yeah. got Xander and Anya, which is I think is a positive. Willow yeah, and Buffy is so. a positive. Uh, and, you know. Oz and Giles, positive. All of our friends are willing to investigate the Harmony situation. Xander is, like, trying to help and gets knocked out. I feel like our friends are doing a good job. Oh. Xander's in it. He's in yes. It. He's and Willow is really supportive of Buffy at the end. Mm-hmm. In the beginning, like, oh, you like this new guy. And it's good for you to like new people. It's good for you to move on. And, and then, then consoling her. Pet. Yeah, exactly. So I think that that's all <laughs> great. It's really the Buffy Parker thing that brings it down. So I gave it a seven. Uh, episode specific. Parker said it was okay to make mistakes. Oh, no. Two out of ten. Because <laughs> that made my skin crawl. Yeah, that was... Not only that yeah, that Buffy is like relating anything in her so world broken. to something that gross so guy said, but the fact no that reason. she felt the need to say that out loud to another human being is just like, <laughs> ugh. Two out of ten. That gives it a 35 overall, so that's clearly the lowest for the three episodes that we have. Good. So three out of three. Uh, behind, obviously, we got number one at the top with uh, that first the episode, the freshman. That's what it's wow. called, you know. And then living conditions. Anyway, somebody else do something. Stacia, what are you? What are you? What are you? What are you bringing this? And where's the dark age compared to it? <laughs> <laughs> that is right. It's time for is it better than the dark age? No, <laughs> it's not. But <laughs> 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 moving on. No. <laughs> Okay, so it is 10 worse than the Dark Age. Thank you. That's how I mean, all your rankings I'm will be presented it. from now on. 10 yes. worse than the Dark Age. 10 worse than the Dark Age. So I ranked it 37 out of 59. It's below the prom and lie to me and above the freshman and out of mind, above out of sight. The freshman? Yeah, I don't like the freshman. I forget that it exists. I don't like Sunday as a bad guy. The only reason why I even remember Sunday as a bad guy is because I've started taking notes about these episodes so I can remember them because apparently my memory isn't that great. And um, I was going through it and I was like, is it better than Dark Dark Age? Yes. Moving on, though. (laughs) (laughs) And I went down and I was like, is it better than I only have eyes for you? Yes. That's an iconic episode. Down, 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 whatever. And then I got to Lie to Me or the Freshman and I was like... You know what? This is wonderful because it's episodes about two shitty men. Parker Abrams and then whatever that guy is that Buffy also had a crush on. Scott Hope. Scott Scott Hope. No. No. That's the guy with the brain tumor. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Billy Fordham. Billy Billy Fordham. Fordham. Sorry. And I was like, which one is a better worse dude? (laughs) Billy Fordham. Why do we use that? The guy who tried to trap Buffy in a tomb so she could be murdered by vampires. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yes. His okay. motivations, yeah. yes. His motivations make more sense. 
He's more compelling and he's ultimately more tragic because his brain is literally just liquefying inside my skull. Yeah. 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 No. And Parker (laughs) makes no sense. Is a total and complete douchebag for no reason. And between the two episodes, I don't know. Lie to me. It just feels like more poignant. And like you get to see Buffy like kick ass and just like walk away and be like, I did what I had to do, you know. And in the end of this episode, you're just kind of sad for Buffy because why do guys got to be dumb? (laughs) Is this how it is? Is this just you sleep with a guy and then he never talks or goes all evil or whatever she says? Yeah. Men are trash. (laughs) That's the summation of the episode. Yeah, that's how I rate it. And I feel great about it. (laughs) Amazing. As for the ranking of this episode, um, it is, uh, it's a, it's fine. It was very fun, but I'm going to give it a 70. 70 out that of seems high, honestly. Like I, I was going to put this lower just because I know the rest of the season is strong. Do I know that actually? Never mind. Yeah, you apparently, <laughs> you apparently don't know anything about anything. Yeah, see, yeah, seventy. Uh, okay, I, I think it's a little bit of the spike bias, but I think I, I can forgive it in the end by saying the spike stuff was solid. Jane Espenson's writing is solid, and all of our people going through their relationship turmoils together, even if it culminated in that final shot that was garbage. I don't blame That's Jane Espenson for it. Um, it was all really good, and the fact that it kept overlapping was really fun. And she's a really good writer, and it's like. You got to give credit where credit's due because I'm sure that there's going to be some bad clunkers coming forward. I mean, oh, yeah. beer bad's coming. So yep. we'll see what happens. But Iconic. Yeah. I mean, it's iconic in one way, which is like, <laughs> it's notoriously ridiculous. But is it bad or good? I don't know. I'm I'm excited to see it with new eyes. Tracy, whatever her name wrote that, she also is the one that does something blue, though. She has like mm. two bangers and then beer bad. What the fuck? Well, I mean, you're like staffed. You're a staff yeah, writer, man. True. You got to just do what you got to do. So you're doing your best and I'm sure it's going to be more fun than I remember it. Um, but anyways, no, this, this was a fine episode. I think it deserves to be up there, but it's going to be the same kind of thing as, you know, uh, school hard or whatever. It's just kind of like spikes back. Yeah. Episode three. Like, I mean, somebody's kind of like right in the middle and I'm just glad that I didn't fuck up and I was like, Oh my God, spike. I'm going to rank this number one for the season. Who hush? What? Yeah. Yeah. Thank God. Hush. We're going to (laughs) restless garbage. (laughs) All about our flight of day. Said no one ever. Uh, Stacia, do you have anything else to say for yourself? No. <laughs> I'm proud of you for making through this episode, even though you're sick. Daniel, do you have anything? This is say? it. My door. Wood. <laughs> Maybe wood veneer. So kind of wood veneer. Nice. We will see you next time for Fear Itself, which is fucking love. Love that episode. There's only three Halloween episodes in the whole of Buffy. Season six is garbage. Season two is fine. Season four, best one. So prepare yourselves for that. Until then, thank you so much for listening. Daniel, say goodbye. Guy dating Harmony dead. Must be like the most tolerant guy in the world. He was my platinum baby and I loved him. This is it. My door. Wood. Maybe some kind of wood veneer. It's nice.